Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, where your viewpoint matters. Donnell discusses today's major issues and concerns with nationally recognized expert guests, as well as a variety of other interesting topics. So call and express your viewpoint about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Donnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here is your viewpoint host, Donnell Edwards. Good evening and welcome everyone to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints. I'm your host, Donnell Edwards, and I hope it was cooler today where you are than uh, where I am because it's been hot. It's really summer. Uh, tonight, uh, we are discussing why you should consider a career as a financial professional and why this issue is so important. Joining me for tonight's program is someone who is directly involved in getting more people to become financial professionals, especially African Americans. She is a certified financial planner, the American College State Foreign Chair for Women and Financial Services, and Assistant Professor of Women's Studies. She is also founder and managing partner of her own company, The Ascension Group. Please join me in welcoming to the CWR Talk Network and Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, Miss Jocelyn Wright. Welcome, Jocelyn. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Look forward to spending some time with you this evening. Okay. Uh, Jocelyn, what is the uh, American College of Financial Services? The American College of Financial Services is a fully accredited university. We are a nonprofit educational institution specializing in providing education to financial services. So individuals who are interested in pursuing careers in the profession or already in the profession and getting additional uh, designations, we have, I believe it's nine professional designations and uh, two master's degree programs, a master's in management and a master's uh, in financial services. Okay. Now, are all your services provided uh, on campus or can... Uh, individuals who are interested interested receive the education uh, uh, online? The majority of our coursework is delivered virtually. So it is, you students have the opportunity to do it completely self-paced. So they can, you know, do their coursework, whether it's 2 a.m. In the, in the morning or 2 p.m. in the afternoon, whatever suits their schedule. We also do have uh, live webinars uh, courses online as well. And the college has been around now. We celebrated our 90th anniversary last year. So we're in our 91st year. Great. I had no idea. Now, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit in in one of your other comments, but who are your primary candidates for the college? How do you find them? How do they find you? The majority of our students are already in the profession, so they're working in some capacity in financial services, whether it's in, as an advisor, a financial planner, or in, insur- in the insurance field. And uh, many of them will come to us through some of the major companies. Their uh, firms will uh, sometimes provide tuition reimbursement to their uh, employees who take the additional education. Uh, also, in, in, independent advisors such as myself uh, find the, the college and will take courses to expand their level of education in various um, specialties in financial services. And we have okay. a small number who, you know, may not actively be a practicing professional, but just wanting to get that additional education. For instance, the certified financial planner just want to go through that for their own educational purposes. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, is it a, a requirement for someone to already have a college degree in order to enroll at the American College of Financial Services? No. So if you're going through the only requirement for a, an undergraduate degree is you're doing one of our master's programs. 
but if you're getting a one of the professional designations, no, there is not a requirement for an undergraduate degree. There may be an experience requirement in order to use the designation once you've completed, but not uh, an undergraduate requirement. Okay. So what about uh, first or second year college students that haven't really decided what they want to do or uh, young people just getting ready to graduate from high school? Are they candidates for, uh, for your college? Not so much. Um, there may be a small percentage of those individuals, but most of our students have some years of experience before uh, they come to the college. Okay, very good. So this is and now really they're basic. you know right. So they they have um, you know they may have students that have just finished undergrad, and if their college did not have a financial planning program, then they may come through the American College to get the to, to get the required coursework in order to um, be able to qualify for the CFP exam. Okay. All right. Great. So um, basically what you're doing is looking for people that have some uh, life or work experience in the area and who want to enhance their skills or get designations. Is, is that correct? Well, it's, it's, again, it's not a requirement, but that's just the, you know, the profile of our typical students. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, why is it so important to – increase the number of African-American and women uh, in the financial profession? It's important for a number of reasons. Uh, one, there is a shortage of financial advisors in the pipeline. So the average financial advisor is a 55-year-old, 50-year-old uh, um, white male. And um, in order to, and, you know, again, each year they're aging. So there are more financial advisors who are in the latter years of their profession than there are just coming into the profession. So from a professional standpoint, we need more qualified financial advisors, financial planners, to be able to service the needs of a growing demographic of potential clients. And specifically why we need more women and um, people of color is that in large part women and minorities don't use financial advisors to the same extent as white males. And we're not in any way implying that women only want to work with women or people of color only want to work with a person of color. But there is something to be said about working with someone who understands your background and may have some shared experience. So if we want to service a growing demographic as our company, as our country becomes more diverse, we need to have more people who look like our potential and a growing client base. Okay, very good. That makes sense. Now, if you just joined us, uh, this is Donald Edwards Viewpoints, and we're discussing why you should consider a career as a financial professional with our guest, Certified Financial Planner Jocelyn Wright, and if you have a question about what financial professionals do, uh, we're going to talk about that, but if you have a question now that you'd like to ask, or why it is so important to have more African-American uh, people of color uh, in uh, financial professions, call us right now at 563-999-3666. That's 563-999-3660. We would love to hear your viewpoint or answer your question. So when we return, we're going to discuss some of the specific careers for financial professionals and why the need for more African-Americans in the industry. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after these announcements. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Hey. 
Hey, if you have really, really tried to lose weight going from one diet to the next, stop right now and listen to me. Let Jen Han help you. Jen is a food coach and body image expert in her new show, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, The Effortlessly Easy Path to Weight Loss, is now on the CWR Talk Network. Jen's aim is to dispel all the myths related to dieting, debunk food rules, and bring enjoyment and sanity back to eating. You shouldn't feel guilty about eating the things you enjoy. Jen has lived through the battle of dieting and binging herself for 13 years and has tried every diet plan, every program, and every solution that promised weight loss, hypnosis, diet pills, cleanses, detoxes, you name it, Jen's tried it. It wasn't until she looked at what was underneath the food that she saw any lasting healing. Now Jen teaches others the truth about dieting and how to enjoy eating normally. Listen to Jen's podcast, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, the effortlessly easy path to weight loss on the CWR Talk Network online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio and search for Jen Hand or go directly to Jen's podcast on our website, CWRTalkNetwork.com and select Jen's page from the menu bar. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtalknetwork.com. That's info at cwrtalknetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Welcome back to Dino Edwards Viewpoints. Tonight's discussion is why you should consider a career as a financial professional, and our guest is American College of Financial Services Chair for Women and Financial Services and Assistant Professor of Women's Studies, Ms. Jocelyn Wright. Jocelyn, when most people think of financial professionals, they think about bankers or financial planners. So what are some of the various 
career opportunities for financial professionals that people may overlook or may not be aware of? Well, that's a, a really good question because a lot of people don't have a clear understanding of what a financial professional does and the, the multiple opportunities that there may be. So in addition to the bankers and financial advisors and planners that you mentioned, you have um, individuals who are insurance agents who work specifically in insurance, investment advisors, um, those who may work even behind the scenes. So if you're someone who may not necessarily like that face-to-face client interaction, you can, you know, be someone who is a paraplanner. So you're working with the financial advisors or financial planners helping to put the plans together for clients. So, you know, you're using some of the modeling and the technology to um, help to create the plan for clients. Compliance, we live in a a very compliance and regulatory, um, heavy regulatory environment, so you could work on that side of it. And just overall operations. So many financial advisors and planners are uh, entrepreneurs and you know they have their own practices and so having a uh, an operations manager or someone who's helping in that area from the business side of it is certainly important to running and growing your practice in your business okay and that's you know really just to name a few there there may be others but you know don't want to give you know too much information some of the the top things that uh, someone can do in financial services that doesn't okay. include, you know, technology and, and, you know, all of the things that you may not even think about, human resources, legal, those sorts of things. Okay. All right. Very good. So there's lots of different things that, that people can do so they shouldn't feel uh, limited because maybe they're just uh, focusing in on just a few things. Now, uh, exactly. why, should, uh, why should those who are listening this evening who uh, may be entering college or who are in college and have declared their major, consider transitioning to a career as a financial professional, and what would be some of the advantages of a career as a financial professional compared with other career fields they might go into? I'm glad you asked that question because I think uh, for someone myself who's done this for uh, over 16 years now, I think it's important because particularly a lot of younger people want to have a career or work in a field where they're having an impact and making a difference. And as a financial planner, that's definitely something that you will be doing. You know, one, no day is the same. Uh, because, you know, each client interaction is going to be different. So, you know, you don't have, you know, you're not making widgets, so to speak. Um, And you have the ability to form very deep and lasting relationships with your clients. You help them achieve financial goals, whether it's, you know, paying off student loan debt, saving for a home, saving for retirement to put their kids through college, Um, you know, helping family members so you can see the impact that you're making in your clients' lives, you know, happening right before your eyes. And um, for people who want to have a profession that where you are making a difference, this is definitely one where you're, you're making a difference and having an impact because financial wellness and financial health is so important to everyone. Um, You know, you you can see the, the benefit of what you're doing with your clients. Okay, very good. Uh, you know, uh, and we're going to talk about this here in, in just a minute, but I did want to make a comment. Uh, I went back to school late in life and had a lot of personal and life experience and thought I knew a little bit. And when I got back to college, my, my degree is in business, and I studied uh, managerial finance and money and banking, thought I knew that about banking, found out how much I didn't know. Uh, economics just blew me away. And I was really mad because I feel like that's something that should be taught in in, uh, our public schools before uh, people even get to college and uh, studied accounting. So I'm saying all of that to say this. uh, Most people don't get much of an education about finance coming through the school system. And they don't get that in college unless they go into that field. So... That leaves a lot of people who are 
unprepared uh, financially. They may uh, do a lot of things by trial and error or waddle their way through and survive, but to really be skilled and understand what they're doing, a lot of people don't have that kind of expertise. So in the black community, community in particular, financial literacy is a major issue. So how will having more African-American financial professionals help improve financial literacy among African-Americans? I'll answer that question, but just to your comment that you made about there not being enough of the education in our school system, whether it's, you know, in high school or college, I will would like to point out that there is a, a push to have um, financial education classes in our school system. However, when you look at it in terms of the priority, especially we're living in a very uh, testing-heavy um, educational environment, that it's not something that's enforced. But there are some states that have a requirement that students, before they graduate, have to take a class in um, a, fin a finance, personal finance class. But as I said, it's not something that's heavily enforced. So, you know, there, we are trying to get that. And there also are some um, colleges and universities that do have this as a um, personal finance, as a, an offering for freshmen, incoming freshmen coming in, and others, you know, that they can take while they're in school. So it's, it's sort of a, a groundswell of things happening, and uh, my hope is that we do see more of that not only on the high school level or even the junior high level, but also in college where you don't have to be someone who's actually looking to study and get a degree in personal finance, but just, you know, to have that basic life skill and that um, financial education to be able to help you as you go on into your professional career is very important. So, you know, and I think for me, my personal belief is that we get more people to have more um, confidence in their own personal finance and see that this is something that is not, you know, it is, it can be challenging when you get into some of the more complicated aspects of personal finance, but, you know, some of the basic things that that would be a way of even attracting more people to get into the field. Because if you're someone who doesn't feel that you've mastered your own personal finances, you're definitely not going to pursue that as a career. So it's, you know, kind of what comes first, the chicken or the egg. So the financial literacy is definitely important if we're going to look to get more people into the profession, regardless of background, gender, ethnicity, what have you. Um, but to answer your question in terms of why it's important to have more African Americans in the field, uh, one, historically, black folks, we have not tended to use personal financial advisors. There are a lot of misconceptions about what financial advisors have done historically. There is a lot of mistrust in with the um, finance community. And so there are some things that we have to make right in terms of, you know, rebuilding that trust and dispelling some of the myths that are out there. But uh, by having more African-Americans or people of uh, black folks as financial advisors, that will help create a better sense in terms of a priority in our community. So seeing people who are financial advisors, you know, you can't be what you can't see. So someone being able to say, oh, my, my cousin or my father, my, my sister, my mom is a financial advisor, and I want to be that when I grow up. So by having those images in the community, that's important uh, to be able to set that as a goal, uh, as a career goal for other people coming up. From the standpoint of, you know, having a financial advisor, typically when you get into this field, one of the things that you do, you, you normally, you know, you may reach out to your friends and family um, to talk to them about your, about what you do. And so if there are more black financial advisors, historically they're going to go to people that they know in their network to talk to them about their services. So there would then be an increase in the number of uh, people of color using financial advisors and helping to close that edu 
the education gap. Now, the wealth gap is not going to be closed simply because we have more black financial advisors. There are a lot of issues and a lot of things that contribute to the wealth gap. We don't have time to go into some of the um, the policy policies that have been put in place over, you know, decades and and many, many years um, in order to keep that gap as wide as it is. But just from the standpoint of your personal understanding and financial literacy, by having more black financial advisors, we can help in that aspect of closing the wealth gap. Just so we have, you know, build a, a wealth mindset. Typically, uh, and one of the reasons why I was so interested in this profession is seeing that, you know, generation, generation after generation, we're just starting over. And, you know, we, we need to have, you know, more legacy children, you know, children with, um, that have the financial resources, that have wealth in families so that we can, you know, pass wealth on from generation to generation versus, you know, passing on debt and liabilities. Great, great, great goal, and uh, I, I share that same vision with you. Now, uh, getting back to the, the college itself, uh, does the American College of Financial Services provide any kind of workshops or seminars about financial literacy, and do you have any initiatives with uh, historical black colleges and universities or schools, churches, or civic organizations in the black community? The college does not serve sort of the end user, the consumer. So we are, okay. uh, constituency is the professional. And so we service the consumer indirectly by educating the financial professional. Um, there are a number of organizations that, you know, do work specifically with consumers. Um, even some of the professional organizations for financial advisors and financial planners will do um, you know, free workshops and seminars that they partner in, you know, that area. And as an advisor, you know, I will do, you know, personally, um, I've done workshops with churches, other organizations. So while the college does not do that, there are a number of professionals who do that, whether it's on their own time or as part of the work that they do uh, with other organizations from a volunteer standpoint. Okay, good. So the the work's getting done. So that's that's the main thing. That's great. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, you're listening to Donnell Edwards' viewpoints, and we are discussing why you should consider a career as a financial professional with certified financial planner and American College of Financial Services chair for women and financial services, Miss Jocelyn Wright. Your viewpoint matters. We want to hear from you. So call us right now and check in with your viewpoint on tonight's discussion. And we welcome your questions for our special guest, Ms. Jocelyn Wright. So call us now at 563-999-3660. That number again is 563-999-3660. We're going to take a short break right now, and when we return, we're going to discuss the burgeoning wealth gap. We kind of alluded to that. Uh, but we're going to discuss that, the uh, burgeoning wealth gap between blacks and whites in America. So stay tuned. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag. One million strong. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one 
to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtaltnetwork.com. That's info at cwrtaltnetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Welcome back to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and thanks for joining us for tonight's discussion why you should consider a career as a financial professional. Our guest is founder and managing partner of the Ascension Group, Ms. Jocelyn Wright. Now, Jocelyn, a major issue uh, in the black community is the rapidly increasing wealth gap, we kind of mentioned that uh, previously, between African Americans and their white counterparts. Now, a Pew Research Center analysis of uh, data collected from the Federal Reserve Board's Survey of Consumer Finances in 2016, comparing the wealth gap uh, prior to the recession of 2007 through 2009, uh, which indicates that overall the wealth gap between blacks and whites has shrunk, also showed that racial and ethnic wealth inequality among middle-income families increased with the recession and has not retreated in the recovery. That same analysis showed that among lower and middle income households, white families have four times as much wealth as black families and three times as much as Hispanic families. This analysis also concluded that the wealth gaps between upper income families and lower and middle income families are at the highest levels recorded. How will having more African American financial professionals help close this gap. Now, like you mentioned before, it, it's just not going to fix the problem, but how can we attack it uh, by having more African, African-American financial professionals? Again, as you, as we've already, as we mentioned before, it, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be a cure-all, uh, but it will create a higher priority on the need for, um, working with a financial professional and why it's important for us to focus on our overall financial health. Um, as a whole, I, I think that our community is seen more as consumers and spenders versus individuals who are uh, looking to build wealth and increase their asset base. So if we can begin to change that mindset and create a, wealth, uh, a broader wealth mindset among our community, we can begin to, you know, start chipping away at that wealth gap. But, you know, it certainly will not happen overnight, but it is uh, far past time that we really begin to focus our effort on how we do create opportunities for our community to, to build and sustain wealth. Okay, very good. Now, would you say that some of the factors contributing to the wealth gap uh, from a skills and knowledge perspective, are having and following closely a realistic budget, understanding and controlling spending habits, understanding and effectively using credit and managing and eliminating debt. And are these some of the things 
having more African-American financial professionals uh, will uh, help improve. Definitely, because, you know, cash is, is king, and that's the foundation of any financial plan. So, one, we have to know how much we're making and know where our dollars are going. And if we're in a position where we find ourselves spending more than we make, we know that that's already a red flag. And so we have to address that issue and find out, you know, where that money's going, how do we either increase our income or decrease our expenses or some combination of the two. Um, you know, a lot of times most people don't follow a, a budget. In many cases, you know, budget is seen, budgeting is seen as, you know, a, uh, almost a four-letter word, and people get very defensive when you say, you know, create a budget. It's as if you're trying to, you know, um, prevent them from enjoying the fruits of their labor, but that's not the case. A budget is basically um, not telling you what to do with your money, but you telling your money what you want it to do. So the, the old adage of paying yourself first, making sure that you have a, a nice cash savings and a cushion in the event of an emergency or opportunity is very important. Understanding credit and how to use uh, credit and debt wisely. Uh, far too many times, and this goes back to just financial literacy in general, people don't understand how it works and find themselves in a situation where, you know, when they do have to use credit or debt uh, because they have a poor credit history, they're paying, you know, the highest interest rates that are out there, so it's costing them more to borrow money, and if they're not paying on time, they're, you know, having fees on, you know, on, on top of fees. So, you know, again, if we can help with the increasing the level of financial education and understanding, then that will go a long way in uh, making sure that we're putting ourselves in a position where we're focused on accumulating wealth and uh, increasing our assets. So, you know, okay. if, if, you, if you know better, you do better. So we want to make sure that more people in our community know better. Okay. Now, uh, I uh, was uh, listening to an interview that I did uh, about a year ago, I guess, with uh, Dr. George Frazier, who is a world-renowned author, and he uh, made a comment in in that interview. Uh, he recommended that people take whatever skills or abilities they have and become entrepreneurs. He said, too often we are the buyers instead of the sellers, and we have to reverse that and become the sellers. And I, I think what happens a lot of times, especially in our community, is no matter how much money most of us get, we're going to spend it. And uh, that's partly because we have not had role models who helped us to understand how to manage the money better, and partly because uh, we just have not been taught and been trained ourselves uh, that you don't spend all of the money. Uh, I, I'll give you an, an example. I, I have a relative that was involved in, in an automobile accident, fortunately was not injured very seriously, but did have some injuries and came into a fairly decent sum of money. And, and we talked, and, and when I found out how much it was, I told him, I said, look, you need to get with the financial planner and sit down and figure out you know, how to invest this money because a lot of times, young black people don't have that kind of opportunity to get that much money all at one time. I said, you can be set for the rest of your life if you manage this correctly. And okay. some, months, some months later, uh, that individual came back to me and told me they'd spend all the money, which didn't oh. surprise me. I, I expected that was what was going to happen. But uh, those are the kind of, kind of situations uh that I'm 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 saying that we need help with. Things like that shouldn't happen. So uh going and back that goes to, to the whole ahead. idea of creating that wealth mindset, which is very important. You know, advertisers spend quite a bit of money in marketing to the black community because we have historically been uh you know, seen as consumers and not savers and investors. So we have to change that mindset. 
Okay. And, and another thing, too, is, is I think a lot of people don't understand, not just black people, but but uh, particularly uh, black people have, have this, this issue, I think, with, with credit. Uh, people don't understand when they have credit and they have a credit card, that's not money. That's debt. Whenever you right. use that, you're increasing your debt. But I think most people are the mindset, well, I've got, you know, this credit card and I've got five hundred, fifteen hundred dollars on there. So I've got fifteen hundred dollars cash that I can spend. No, that's fifteen hundred dollars of debt that you're getting into. And and I don't know how uh we get that message across to people where they understand that and understand how to use credit better. But but hopefully I guess working with a financial uh professional will will that help with uh, that kind of thinking, and and really not necessarily just working with a financial professional, but that I think it's important that we provide that fundamental education in our in while people are in school, whether it's high school, college, what have you. That's very important because when it comes to credit as well, people don't recognize when we talk about credit cards. Say if you have a just to keep it simple, a thousand dollar balance. If you, you know, spend, get close to that credit line, that's going to impact your credit score. So, you know, they think, oh, if I have a $1,000 limit, I can spend up to $1,000. No, one, you have to take into consideration the interest, so you don't want to go over your limit. But also, if you have, uh, if you spend more than 30% of your available credit, that's going to begin to negatively impact your score. And most people don't understand that. So, these are all things that through education, if we have more and more consumers realizing that and begin to use um, debt to their advantage versus their disadvantage, um, that will be important. And we also know when you have poor credit, that can impact your opportunities for employment depending on what field you're in. Um, you know, if you're in the banking field or in certain fields, if they run your credit in most employ you know more and more employers are doing that that could um you know jeopardize your your uh, employment options very good point now uh you have created a financial education series uh called debt boot camp can you please explain what that is and what it does sure uh it's a, a a three-part series uh, that I created some time ago uh, while I was a member of a church when I was living in Houston. And it was as a result of, it was right before the, the quote-unquote Great Recession. And a number of the uh, church members had gone to the pastor, you know, expressing some concerns. And so he had reached out to different professionals within the church community that could help the membership on certain areas, and one of them was dealing with debt and managing credit. And so uh, I, along with another member, created, um, you know, this three-part series and would deliver it to after service on Sundays. And really what it does is it comes in three parts. So the first is we talk about the foundation, which is, you know, really looking at our spending and creating a budget, why that's important. We spend time talking about and understanding your credit report, what goes into your score, um, how it's calculated, what impacts it, how you improve it. Also, just look, being able to pull your credit report because um, I think nowadays it's more um, prevalent where people either have one of those services that you get a copy of your report every month or you get an alert when your credit is pulled a lot of credit card companies are giving that to you free, especially given the increasing number of uh, cybersecurity issues that we've had. But for those that do not, it's really important that you check it at least, you know, once a year, if not more frequently, um, because of the increase in identity theft. So, you know, being able to understand that, how do you, how do you dispute something that's on your credit report? Because in many cases, you know, there are a lot of people who have errors. Uh, if you have a common name, or if you're a junior, there may be things in your credit report that don't belong to you. Also recognizing that, you know, it's, you know, humans input the numbers. So if you, they transpose your social security number, there may be an error on your report. So it's important that you check that and be on top of maintaining your credit. Uh, then we start going into 
um, understanding for those of us who may be this sort of I just make the minimum payments on my credit card and I'm always wondering why this balance is not going down. We go into the mechanics of, you know, how the minimum payment is calculated and if you only make the minimum payment, you're basically, you know, setting yourself up to just be on this treadmill of constantly, you know, really just paying interest and you're, you're really never going to make a lot of headway. So that's really important that people understand that and uh, that's something that I focused on because when I was in undergrad, I worked in credit card collection. So, you know, off, I was constantly talking to people who would always say, I'm making my minimum payments and my balance isn't going anywhere. And having to explain that to them um, that, you know, when you make the minimum payment, you're basically just, that's just house money for the credit card companies. Right, you're not really right. making any headway on the balances. So how do you, you know, begin to, you know, find resources, cut expenses to be able to accelerate paying down that debt faster? So I help them, you know, create a debt reduction plan. You know, if you want to pay it off in a certain period of time, what's that going to take or how uh, just recognizing how long it's going to take you to pay off these bills if you keep the same, you know, payments that you've been doing. And just looking at creative ways of, you know, um, finding more money and creating more money for yourself, whether it's, you know, many of us have what we call a side hustle. And our, uh, some of us are doing it for free. There may be something that we're very good at and we're giving it away. So I talk to them about how do you create more income for yourself. So if you're someone that you can cook or you bake, or you, so whatever it is that you do, how do you turn that into, um, you know, a side business? And then being able to generate more income to be able to save and pay off some of that debt faster. And then we go into, um, you know, more financial planning areas, talk about the importance of, you know, having your insurances in place, having a will, looking at retirement, and, you know, begin to plan for the future now that you've set a, a plan for yourself to be able to save and pay down your debt. So what's the next step for you once you've done that? Okay, very good. That sounds like it's very comprehensive and uh, should be very effective. Now, you also have your own company. We mentioned that previously, the Ascension Group. And one of your company's priorities, uh, stated priorities, is to help your clients to design a personalized, holistic strategy to help them reach their financial goals. Now, what is a holistic strategy and why is that important? Sure. Well, a holistic strategy is really looking at a person's overall picture. So if you are, you know, say you are working with me and you just, you left a job and you just want to, you know, move your retirement account into an IRA and that's all you want it to do. That's, you know, just focusing on one thing. But when you're doing a holistic plan, you're looking at all of the aspects of your personal finances. So, you know, starting with, your cash flow and budgeting, looking at your debt, um, looking at your your insurance picture, uh, whether it's uh, life insurance, medical insurance, your auto and homeowner's insurance. You know, these are areas where, you know, most consumers, unless they're working with an advisor, aren't really paying attention to to see if they have gaps. But, you know, that's something when you're doing a holistic plan that you look at. If you have children and you're planning for their college education, looking at um, that as well to find out, you know, how are you able to save for that in addition to or, um, you know, saving for other financial goals, whether it's retirement or purchasing a home. So we all have a limited amount of resources in terms of our financial resources. So how do we create a plan and, you know, help to help you best uh, get to reaching your goals, given what assets and uh, cash is available to do that. And you can only do that through, you know, looking at the big picture for a client and finding out what their goals are and how do we help them get there and being realistic about that. You know, sometimes you do have to be the bearer of bad news and say, you know, given where we are right now, it's not going to happen unless we are able to do X, Y, and Z. So there is going to take, you know, some, um, you know, changes in our spending habits and what we prioritize and how we do things if we're really committed to achieving those goals. Okay. 
Now, uh, Jocelyn, the American College of Financial Services is hosting an important event coming up in August, the annual conference of African-American financial professionals, and that's on August the 6th through the 8th in Washington, D.C., and we uh, are proud here at the CWR Talk Network to endorse this event and promote it on our network. Uh, so please explain the purpose of this conference. Sure. Well, this year we're going to be celebrating our 13th annual conference. As you mentioned, we will be in D.C. And this started uh, now, almost nearly 13 years ago, to recognize one of um, the pioneers in financial services that worked for uh, an insurance company. And it just has grown over the years. So in the first few years, there may have been, you know, 10 to 20 advisors uh, who were in attendance. But, you know, now we have five, 600 financial advisors from various parts of the country come together for, for networking, uh, for, um, you know, keynote sessions. We have some very dynamic speakers um, that are attending this year. We have um, John Rogers from Aerial Investments is going to be doing a fireside chat. Uh, Pamela Jolly, who's going to be delivering one of the keynote um, addresses to kick us off talking about black wealth, uh, which is going to be a powerful, a very powerful session. And, uh, you know, just other, you know, very dynamic speakers who are going to talk to us about the importance of focusing on specifically this year and closing the wealth gap. Some of the other breakout sessions will be, you know, practice management, you know, different things where you can get continuing ed education credits for, um, for yourself if you have various uh, licenses. So it's a very powerful um, two and a half days that we are together, and I think it's, it's a, for someone who is a black financial advisor, knowing that when you go to most conferences you are in the minority, it is a great boost. Um, to go to a conference where you're in a room of people who look like you, um, that you can engage with, you know, form relationships with, and, you know, hopefully, you know, potentially work together um, in growing your practice and working with clients. Okay. Now, for those who may not be able to attend uh, in person, will there be any parts of the uh, event that's available online uh, either live or uh, on demand later? Historically, we have not done that, um, although it's something that has been mentioned. It's just a matter of how do we, you know, if if we're able to execute that. But it, it has been mentioned to be able to, particularly with our, our keynote addresses. So I don't know if it will happen this year, but it is something that has been on the table for those who okay. may not be able to attend. Okay. Now, uh, who may attend? What are, the, are there qualifications or uh, anything of that, that nature? Well, there aren't necessarily qualifications. Again, it's, it's, you know, the majority of the attendees are people who are financial professionals who work in the field. But uh, because of our effort to increase the number of black financial advisors, we do have a number of students that may come as well as some of our scholarship recipients who are going through the coursework uh, who are also invited to attend. Uh, but, it, you know, it certainly is open to the public to attend. Registration uh, right now is still open until the end of the month for the um, regular registration fee is $249, uh, but you're also able to register at the door, but that will be more if you uh, don't pre-register. Okay. Now, uh, where may anyone interested in attending the conference or getting more information about a career as a financial professional uh, get that information? Well, if you're in, interested in the conference, you can go to um, the AmericanCollege.edu, our website, and look under events, and the conference will be listed. And um, that will also give you information about our, our classes, you know, how you enroll and what that process is as well. Okay. Now, what final thoughts do you have for our listeners this evening? 
Well, one, I, I certainly want to thank you for the opportunity to uh, talk with you tonight. Um, again, financial planning and this profession is something that I'm very much very passionate about. I think it is a tremendous career for women as well as people of color. And for someone who is interested in building relationships, having an impact uh, in the lives of people that you work with, this is definitely a career for you. Um, U.S. News and World Reports does an annual report on the top 100 jobs. Uh, Personal Financial Advisors is number 37 on that list is number eight in terms of the best business jobs. There are a number of opportunities that are out there, companies who are looking to recruit and, uh, you know, grow their advisor population. So, uh, you know, the, the landscape is changing, and there are many opportunities for people who are interested in working in this field. Um, I'd be more than happy, you know, to talk with people who are interested to help them get in contact with potential mentors that they can talk to if they have questions, uh, because I do think that this is a very important work that we do and certainly has an impact not only in the lives of our clients, but, you know, if we are working with them, it also can have an impact in our communities that can uh, last for generations in terms of building that wealth mindset and helping more of us uh, to create that uh, wealth in our families. Okay, very good. Uh, Jocelyn, thanks so much for being our guest tonight and for bringing this very important information to uh, our attention. You have our full support My pleasure. here. Okay. Uh, we have uh, you have our full support here at the uh, CWR Talk Network for the upcoming annual conference of African American financial professionals and for recruiting more African Americans into the profession. And if you didn't get uh, Jocelyn's information about how to contact them, you can go to our website on our homepage. That's CWRTalkNetwork.com and click on the uh, image that's there for the conference and it will take you directly to their, their website. Uh, that uh, address, again, is cwrtalknetwork.com. Now, before we conclude, I would like to remind everyone uh, that the CWR Talk Network is uh, presenting one of the most important events of the, the year, which is uh, going to be coming up here on next Tuesday, and that is our live online two-hour town hall event, Race in America, Where Do We Go From Here? As a part of our commitment to the causes and issues that are important to African Americans and people of color and that affect all Americans, we are proud to present this event to encourage more discussion among the many diverse racial groups in America. Our distinguished panel consists of best-selling author and University of Texas Austin professor, Dr. Diana Ramey-Berry, international humanitarian, Ms. Mara Sweeney, socialpreneur, best-selling author, and community activist, Ms. Chandra Brooks, author, speaker, and Cornell University professor, Dr. Derek Chang, activist and diversity consultant, author, speaker, talk show host, and life coach, Mr. Kevin Henry, and program manager at the Free Radicals Project, U.S. Regional Coordinator for the Against Violence and Extremism Network, and former white supremacist, uh, Ms. Shannon Martinez. And in addition to this distinguished panel, our moderator is renowned journalist, socio-political commentator, author, and motivational speaker, Ms. Deborah Mathis. We encourage everyone who is listening to listen and call in with your questions and comments. Uh, this is a town hall event, and your thoughts and opinions are very important. So share your Juneteenth with us. If you are involved with an organization or agency, tell your members and encourage them to listen. If you're a civic leader, let everyone in your community or neighborhood know about our town hall event. Put out the speakers if you're having your own event for Juneteenth, and let us be a part of your celebration. It is our hope that this event will contribute to starting the dialogue about racism in America and that it will be a catalyst to inspire and encourage other activities to help stop the hate by learning to better communicate. So be sure to join us on Tuesday, 
June 19th from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Get the link to listen at our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, or by contacting us uh, by email at info at cwrtalknetwork.com. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed week, and join us on Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening to the CWR Talk Network and Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints.